the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Morning, Glory America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt, back inside the Beltway Live, inside my studio. I'm so glad to be back with you. I want to thank Morgan Ortegas, who filled in for me four out of the seven days I was off the air. Generalissimo, of course, Dwayne Patterson, two days, and Ed Morsey, one day. All superb professionals, and I just greatly appreciate their allowing me to dive deep into the show prep, the debate prep that went on in New York, in Washington, and, of course, in Miami. Uh, my thanks to my NBC colleagues at the table, Lester Holt and Kristen Welker, who co-moderated with me in the debate. I have some preliminary thoughts on it, uh, and I will get back to those. But I am I do not want to hazard guesses about what it was like or what it seemed like, because from inside a debate, it's not really what other people see. I got home last night. The Fetching Mrs. Hewitt tells me that TikTok was running ads during the debate even as I was asking the candidates about TikTok. Some memorable things, and I will sort it out, and by Tuesday, I'll be talking to you about it. Today is the day we celebrate Veterans Day. I'm live inside the studio, but most of the next 90 minutes, beginning at the bottom of the hour and into the next hour, will be interviews with recovering wounded veterans of the long wars as I annually salute the Semper Fi Fund and America's Fund and ask you to consider contributing to it to help in the recovery and rehabilitation of people who wounded defending this country. And I will not depart from that tradition, but we're going to break it into portions today and portions on Monday because Veterans Day is tomorrow. And some people are celebrating today and thanking veterans around them today, and some are doing that on Monday. So I'm going to do it on both days. But first, let me give you the news overnight. The advance of Israel deep into Gaza is approaching the outskirts of the Shifa Hospital, that hospital, as well as the Rantisi Hospital, are allegedly over the command and control headquarters of Hamas. And so the going is going to be very tough. It's going to be very, very brutal. I remind you as well that there are 240 Israelis and other nationalities being held throughout Gaza by the kidnappers of 10-7. And those monsters are releasing photos to terrorize the people of Israel as their troops move forward. The IDF moving very slowly, very methodically. Last night, former, uh, excuse me, current Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was on Fox with Brett Baer. This is what he had to say. Cut number one. I think the Israeli army is uh, performing exceptionally well. Uh, it's fighting the terrorists, both above ground and below ground. So we're doing everything in our power to reduce uh, civilian casualties. We've uh, managed safe zones so they and safe corridors so civilians can heed our call to leave, even though Hamas is trying to keep them in. Uh, and I think the... Uh, the war is proceeding well. We're going to continue until we eradicate Hamas. Nothing will stop that. We're absolutely committed to victory, which is not only our victory, but it's the victory of the entire civilized world against barbarism. I believe that the prime minister is defining this correctly. There was an enormous rally of pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas people in New York City last night. 
I do not believe that is representative of public opinion in the United States. In fact, my preliminary view of the debate in its most significant portion, I've put over on X, site formerly known as Twitter, and I'll share it with you right now because I was reading this morning in show prep about that big demonstration in Midtown Manhattan. Many pro-Hamas and anti-Israel protesters among the big crowd of pro-Palestinian demonstrators in New York City last night. One big undercurrent from Wednesday's debate is the obvious realignment towards the GOP of voters for whom the support of Israel is the most important issue, including the Republican Jewish coalition and Matt Brooks, whose questions were very crucial to the debate. Uh, I I believe that the policy choice by GOP chairwoman Ronna McDaniel and her colleague David Bossie and their RNC colleagues was brilliant. It underscored the GOP's unwavering support for Israel in a moment that may have an unintended but crucial impact on the 2024 race as voters are realigning. It's a major moment, and people are realigning as a result of the 10-7 invasion of Israel. The seriousness of the GOP on the CCP as well, on China and on the border, are realigning factors as well. The new Cold War is a realigning factor. So handicappers are looking for bumps for this candidate or that candidate who won the election, who won the debate. What actually matters is the framing of the entire debate. And my hat is off to Ronna McDaniel and David Bossie and the rules changes, which allowed the candidates to talk. I'll talk with Dr. Larry Arn maybe later today in the Hilltail Dialogue. Let the candidates speak. And they did. I'm very glad we did it that way. A lot of people are assessing the debate. Again, I, I hold it in and I kind of let it churn in my head until I have a chance to consider all the various aspects. Governor Sununu of New Hampshire was on with Fox's Neil Cavuto yesterday. He said this, cut number 15. I'd like to make a decision on who I'm going to get behind uh, a little shortly after Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving in, in New England is usually when a lot of pretty intense politics go back and forth across uh, across the turkey dinner. And um, and kind of talk to my family, talk to other folks, get their opinion. What do they think? Who do they think is, is doing pretty well? I'm spending a lot of time with all of them. I'll be with Chris Christie tonight at a town hall. You know, when it comes to the debate, the, the, the three governors, because uh, I'm obviously partial to governors, really did the best, right? So you have Nikki Haley, uh, Chris Christie, DeSantis, they really, I think, stole the the show last night. He had Ramaswamy, which looked a bit unhinged, unfocused. He tried to, you know, take hits at, at Nikki Haley. It came off as just unprepared and, and rude, if, if anything. Uh, and then Tim Scott is a, just a great senator, great guy, but isn't quite bringing the fire. There's no real change in strategy there. Uh, but the energy and the intensity and the leadership and the background is, is really coming from those three governors. And those three are likely going to do the best in New Hampshire, um, mm-hmm. you know, compared to Donald Trump. And as I've always said, you and I have talked about it. You don't have to win Iowa, New Hampshire, or even South Carolina. But if one of those one of those individuals can really kind of separate themselves from the past, going into Super Tuesday. Well, now it's a 50-50. And as your previous reporter was saying, even a lot of Trump supporters are willing to walk away from him for the right reasons, because he can't win in November. And the the most recent polls have proven that. Well, actually, I've got the Ellis items this morning and six polls show that former President Trump can indeed beat Joe Biden, is beating Joe Biden. But Governor Sununu is entitled to his own opinion, and we will wait and see how these things shake out. The debates are crucial. The next debate is in December. Uh, and it takes a lot of work. Boy, NBC is professional about this. It takes a lot of rehearsal to make sure that the moderators don't get in the way of the candidates. And I hope we did that for you. Other news, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, has announced that he is not running for re-election, which is why. because he's going to get crushed if he did. And he may run for no labels. Who knows? I don't know. But Joe Manchin is out. 
Frank Borman, a great American, died yesterday. He led the first orbit of the moon. So it's a figure from my youth. He died at the age of 95. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt back inside the Beltway studio after two weeks of intense preparation for and the debate on Wednesday night. I'm glad it is behind me. It's fun to do. It's more fun to be done. I have my Alice News Items, the daily substack I subscribe to by John Items. Interesting, important, or both, as he says. Six new Emerson College polling statewide surveys find President Joe Biden trailing former President Donald Trump in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Wisconsin. Biden does lead Trump in, Mich- lead Trump in Michigan. But swing state voters are breaking significantly towards former President Trump or the Republican because they see the U.S.-Mexican border security as a greater priority than the foreign policy crisis that are currently uh, swamping headlines. President Daniel Ortega has opened Nicaragua, by the way, to flights carrying tens of thousands of migrants from Haiti, Cuba, and Africa in recent months, months, which are swelling the ranks of people using the Central American country as a landing point in their journey north to the United States. We talked about the border at the end of the debate. We began, the first debate was, the first hour of the debate was, Basically, Israel, Ukraine, China. Second part, China, then inflation and entitlements. Then we recovered and and talked about the border. I got to ask that question. Then we closed with the election results from Tuesday and its impact and then closing statements. And then two hours are done. But that border discussion about opioids maybe resonated more than anything with anyone other than the TikTok debate, which got the headline. Uh, According to Ellis, John Ellis, in the third Republican primary debate, there was a clear winner, former U.N. ambassador and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. A 538 Washington Post-Ipsos poll of potential Republican primary and caucus voters who watched Wednesday's debate, hosted by NBC News and yours truly, finds that a plurality, 34 percent, say Haley performed best. No other candidate on the stage came close to Haley. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was a distant second with 23 percent. And businessman Vivek Ramaswamy made a relatively negative impression with 29% of debate watchers saying he performed the worst. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I think everything is up in the air. I know it seems inevitable that we're going to have a Trump and Biden rematch. It does seem to me inevitable that absent something extraordinary, the former president will be one of the two contenders for the Republican primary. I mean, it, it's going to be driven by the rule set. Because winner-take-all primaries are winner-take-all primaries. If the field does not consolidate behind one candidate, then the former president is just going to win in a walk and get the nomination. And I believe he will beat Joe Biden because I believe Joe Biden is infirm and Americans are worried about many, many things. 
I also see a realignment happening. And boy, it comes clear when you spend this much time, as I did for the last two weeks, focused on the wars, focused on Israel. And I try and keep in mind there are 239 people in the tunnels of Hamas, including baby Kavir, many toddlers, Elisa. I just I pray for them every day. I hope you do as well. And I believe the barbarity of Hamas and the anti-Semitism that has exploded in the United States is realigning a crucial portion of the American electorate, even as a crucial portion of the American electorate is realigning on the border, becoming a security threat to the United States, and a crucial part of the electorate is realigning over China and the threat posed by the Chinese Communist Party. So I think we're going to see a brand new electorate, and we have old figures in President Biden and former President Trump with a new young electorate and emergent issues that are dividing the Democratic Party, unifying the Republican Party. So if you step back from all that, you say, I think we're going to have a Republican president in 2025. I hope we can get to there without a disaster around the world worse than 10-7, which was as bad as it gets. But I do believe that, that this is, it really crystallized for me. The Republican Party is right on the issues that matter to most Americans. And those issues are we've got to stop letting our people get killed by opioids. We have to get control of the border. We have to support Israel. We have to rearm and expand the Navy. Yes, I got my Navy question. I got the hammer my Navy question because the Cold War version one was won by the American arms built up by Ronald Reagan. And China will be deterred and if necessarily defeated by the United States Navy principally, although, of course, the Air Force, the Army, the Marines, of course, Marines are part of the sea services and our Space Force and our cyber warriors will be part of that if there is a conflict. But it it seems to me that it is crystallizing that China is doing everything they can to destroy this country, uh, both physically through the importation of opioid fentanyl, synthetic fentanyl, through the cartels in Mexico, the precursor chemicals, chemicals are given, and in they come. And they're using TikTok to poison the minds of an entire generation. And I was so glad to get the TikTok question, and I was so glad to get the responses. And I was, I just think we're in a moment of realignment. And generational change. And either um, former President Trump or Joe Biden's got to make the case that they're better prepared for that if they are the nominees. I don't know who's going to be the nominee. I'll keep covering that. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.